0: Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin, where I started out looking at every Prime Minister in Canadian history, and we're right in the middle of every opposition leader who never became Prime Minister, but we took a break from that, because an election was called. So right now I'm doing 36 election episodes in a row, to coincide with our 36-day election period. If you want to support the podcast, you can, for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. Don't forget, I have three other podcasts out there. Canadian History X, which releases every Wednesday and Saturday. Canada's Great War, which releases every single Sunday. And Coast to Coast, which releases every single Thursday. I do all of these full time. The writing, the research, everything. I do it every day, all day. And it's a lot of work. So any dollars you give help keep it all going. And I'll make sure to thank you on the air and throughout my social media. If you like, you can email me at craig at You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. While the country erupted in Trudeau mania in 1968, by the time 1972 rolled around, the swinging 60s were over, and the honeymoon period for Trudeau had since ended. The Liberals were still sitting high in the polls, but the slumping economy was hurting the party. Trudeau was still seen as a hip and young leader in 1972, but his opponent, Robert Stanfield, had an honest and somewhat bumbling image that endeared him to some voters. The Conservatives had gained in the polls since 1968, and the October crisis of 1970 had hurt the Liberals in their implementation of the War Measures Act. The Nationalists in Quebec were angry with Trudeau over the act, and if the Conservatives had found a high-profile francophone candidate to run with Stanfield, it is likely the party would have had more inroads within the province. They would eventually choose Claude Wagner, which didn't work as he barely won his own seat in the election. Stanfield would say later, quote, We were looking for the easy solution, the Quebec lieutenant who would bring in a lot of support. There was a certain amount of criticism from our Quebec people. Therefore, it became accepted that they had to go with me, End quote. There was a great deal of apathy in Quebec for the election as well. One Quebec voter was quoted by McLean stating, quote, "What's there to get excited about? I don't give a damn who gets in. Liberals, Conservatives, NDP—they're all the same when it comes to Quebec. They're all federalists, unsympathetic to our struggle." End quote. In a poll done in April 1972 among Francophones outside Montreal, it was found that 38% of voters were satisfied with Trudeau but that 51% would vote for him. The Unemployment Insurance Act had come into place in June of 1971, and the Conservatives would state that it weakened the work ethic of Canadians, which would bother some voters. The economy of Canada was hurting, and the decision by the Nixon government in the United States to give tax credits and breaks to companies making investments in the United States also did not help. The Conservatives would campaign on the slogan of A Progressive Conservative Government Will Do Better, while Stanfield was popular, he also had his issues with the press who saw him as vague and often off topic. The Liberals campaigned on the slogan of "The land is strong," and television ads featured the scenery of Canada. The slogan was not popular in Canada and it was quickly mocked. Trudeau would say, quote, "The most important challenge facing Canada is the preservation of its integrity." End quote. Many felt that the Liberals did not have an issue to campaign on and overall it was believed to be one of the worst managed campaigns in Canadian history. Maclean's would write, quote, The outstanding impression is that, with a few notable exceptions, Trudeau has remarkably few political goals, End quote. Many criticized Trudeau and how he came across on television screens as well. Maclean's would write during the election campaign, quote, Who is this withered man with the pale tight face and thin sarcastic lips, can it be the same young man who bounded smiling across the nation in 1968 with a carnation in his lapel, kissing pretty girls, and leaping off diving boards? End quote. Peter Newman would reflect on the change in Trudeau's image as well, stating quote, Pierre Trudeau, who swept into office as a daring reformer fronting a party full of new guys with new ideas, now behaves like a computer printout of his former self. End quote. The liberals did make several promises, including increasing bilingualism a program to create new parks in Canada, incentives to reduce pollution, and a reduction in unemployment insurance abuse. The Conservatives campaigned on banning strikes for essential services, introducing price and wage controls, expanding training for unemployed workers, and eliminating 3% in personal income tax rates. The New Democrat Party were now led by David Lewis, who replaced the retiring Tommy Douglas who had left his post in 1971. The party promised to introduce rent controls, putting $4.3 billion into public works, increasing old age security payments, and eliminating corporate welfare. Lewis would decry what he called the corporate welfare bums, who benefited from government policies of the Conservatives and Liberals, and it gained him a great deal of popularity around Canada.
1: Six corporations alone in Canada had more than a billion dollars, about one-third of the total Deferred taxes accumulated by all corporations in Canada. They're not, you know, they're not not very big corporations. They're not very well known. Let me read the list to you. (laughs) International Nickel Company of Canada, 238 million. The Steel Company of Canada Limited, 161 million. Bell Canada, that has been so badly off that it put on increases on bell telephone rates two or three times in the last couple of years they accumulated deferred taxes without interest of 224 million alcan aluminum 132 million dominion foundries and steel limited 104 million that puny impoverished organization imperial oil 100 a hundred and forty four million
0: the platforms of the parties was summarized well by Peter Newman when he wrote, quote, Gamble on me that I can deal pragmatically with issues as they arise. End quote. The voting age had also been lowered to eighteen, which would now benefit the liberals, as many young people still saw Trudeau as a preferred leader to the much older Stanfield among the eighteen to twenty four voting bloc. Just under fifty per cent preferred Trudeau to fifteen per cent by Stanfield. Across the country, popular figures such as John Turner would push the image of Trudeau as the still young leader of the nation. He would say at one point, quote, The election issue is leadership, and that brings us to Mr. Trudeau. We don't have to compare him to the ideal. We don't have to compare him to the almighty. We have to compare him to the alternatives, quote. As Trudeau made his way around the country, gone were the days of Trudeau mania. In Manitoba, for example, he was greeted by Canadian postal union workers who booed and jeered him. Only two weeks before the election, a Gallup poll had the New Democrats rising 6 points to 21% for the vote, while the Liberals were at 44%, only 2% less than where they were in the heart of Trudeau mania in 1968. The Conservatives remained steady at 32%. Unlike the 1968 election, there would be no televised debate for the leaders due to Trudeau's schedule being full up to election day. The Liberals would win the October 30, 1972 election, but they would finish with only 109 seats, well below what was needed for a majority. The party lost 38 seats in the election, while the Progressive Conservatives gained 34, finishing with 107 seats, only two back from the Liberals. The New Democratic Party won 31 seats, an increase of 6, while the Social Credit stayed steady at 15 seats. It was only in Quebec where the Liberals won the majority of seats, finishing with 56 to the 2 won by the Progressive Conservatives and the 15 won by the Social Credit Party. The new Democratic Party did well in British Columbia and Ontario, where they received 11 seats in both provinces. The Progressive Conservatives took 40 seats in Ontario to the 36 won by the Liberals. And the party also won every seat in Alberta. On election night, neither the Liberals or the Conservatives knew who won the election, and they would have to await a recount to find out who won the election,
1: and our national standings boards indicate that that's as far as we can go for the moment. Anyway, 108 liberals and 107 Tories, and that's how the house stacks up. With 32 NDP, two uh, ridings undecided there in the NDP column. Well, just yes, one, Ron, one, want to say yeah, just one point before we go on. Now we know what the final figure is. Is that uh, to remind people of what uh, the prime minister's been saying about minority governments lately? Uh, I interviewed him uh, on the plane just a few days before the end of the campaign and uh, he, he what he was saying in effect is uh, minority governments don't work uh, he criticized the series of minority governments the Canadian uh, that Canada has had talking about the irrational concessions uh, that were made to the provinces by minority governments over the years uh, which he and uh, also Uh, actions that they'd taken, which he said had almost destroyed the Canadian dollar. So that's Mr. Trudeau's view of minority governments, and now he himself is faced with one.
0: With the parties in a dead heat, there was speculation that the Governor-General would have to choose the next Prime Minister. Stanfield would call for the resignation of Trudeau, given the close election stating that Trudeau had, quote, lost the confidence of the people, end quote. Stanfield would also state he was ready to form a government if called upon, stating, quote, it would be on the merits of these proposals which I made to the Canadian people that I would seek the confidence of the House of Commons. End quote. Upon winning and remaining Prime Minister, Trudeau would look back on the past four years and state that his government was quote not satisfactory, End quote. he would officially state that he would run the country as a minority government on november third.
1: Okay, sir, so we're asking people what they thought of the election results last night. Now, what do you think?
0: Very, very pleased. I'm glad that son of a... got a kick in... that
1: Frenchman. He deserved it. Now, why do you feel that way? Because You're... he's uh, been a, uh, very, very disappointing to me. I've been a liberal all my life. I certainly didn't vote for him this time. No, no.
2: But I think the majority of people are big backlash against <laughs> the Liberals' party. And enough, quite enough people like, voted against the Liberals, I think that's all the election was, they vote against the Liberals. And I think that if they go to the polls again, that it, I think we'll have a majority government, and it will be probably the Conservatives.
1: Do you think it was something personal or more general issues that put people's backs up?
2: I think it was mostly
1: uh, unemployment, and uh, I think you'll see another uh, election in
3: another s- six months.
1: What do you think was responsible for the massive gains by the Conservatives?
3: Well, uh, probably the Trudeau government just not doing anything for the average worker in the last in the last four and a half years.
0: The,
1: the bread and butter issues seem to be the ones that everyone is concerned about, and you know, fine foreign policy and rearmament and all this kind of thing uh, is very you know idealistic. But uh, you know, if you haven't got a job or you can't feed your family, uh, this kind of thing is pretty important. <laughs>
3: my own personal feelings about the election, I think, can best be typified by the buttons I'm wearing. Happy face and the progressive conservative colors. I'm a former liberal. thoroughly disgruntled with the prime minister.
2: Did you vote liberal? Miss, what was your reaction to uh, almost a photo finish last night? Well, as I said, it was just a disaster as far as I was concerned. He has a lot of courage to face up with all the difficulties that are around and the, the whole world is in very troublesome way right now, and uh, maybe if he had better men working with him, it it might help.
0: An interesting note of this election was that in the previous 15 years, the government had elected five minority governments in 1957, 1962, 1963, 1965, and 1972. That had never happened before in Canadian history, and it showed the growing fragmentation of the political sphere of the country. Following this near loss for Trudeau, he would adjust his tactics. He would slow down on the bilingualism program, he would appear less provocative in public and became warmer, and he would be joined by his wife Margaret and Justin, his son, more often in public, and he would court the favor of the new Democratic Party to remain in power. Over the next two years, he worked to repair the damage from the 1972 election. Once he felt that the time was right, he would orchestrate the government's defeat on a budget bill so that he could call a new election on May 8, 1974.
2: Manfield, uh, you've been waiting for this for 18 months. Uh, now that you seem to be in the driver's
3: seat, what happens? How do you feel? Well, I'm happy that, it's, that uh, the government's been defeated, of course, and uh, we have an election coming on now. Uh, I, I assume that there'll be no argument about this being a vote of confidence as far as the government's concerned. I uh, so we'll have an early election, July the 8th, or something like that. And uh, that's our next job, to fight a good election, uh, to take our case to the people to uh, convince the Canadian people that uh, we can uh, do a better job than the, uh, than, the, than the government's
2: been doing. What's your first move, Mr. Stanfield, right at this moment? Where do you go from here starting
3: tomorrow? I go to a caucus tomorrow. Our caucus will meet our campaign people to be briefed on the on our campaign. That's what I'll be doing first. Uh, Have you got a slogan yet, Mr. Stanfield? <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you. Uh, I'm sure that there's been a good deal of work done on slogans. but. Uh...
0: The party had also set up its own in-house advertising agency rather than relying on other companies. This time, the Liberals adjusted their campaign. Trudeau would campaign relentlessly around the country and his wife, Margaret, was often with him. Trudeau would also campaign on the budget that had been defeated, stating, quote, it's there. It's in the bills. It's written. Plans, not dreams. These aren't campaign promises I'm giving you. They were written right there in the budget, and they voted against them. End quote. The addition of Margaret on the campaign trail had an immediate effect, and she was described as his secret weapon. She helped soften his aloof image and arrogant view, and she would praise him as a husband and father in several speeches. She would state, quote, I want to speak of him as a person. "...as a loving human being who has taught me, in the three years we've been married, and the few years before that, a lot about loving."
3: Days when the Prime Minister may have regarded his family as a private matter divorced from politics are clearly over, and it's most extraordinary. Almost overnight, Mrs. Trudeau has changed from a rather retiring, aloof figure into a barnstorming asset to the Trudeau Express. Opposition parties may be aghast at this new phenomena in campaigns, But there's no doubt whatever her vote-getting potential may be, she can draw the crowds. What's more, she's now going far beyond the role of admired bystander. In Vancouver, she launched into this speech of such fulsome praise for her husband that it may become some kind of landmark in national politics.
1: He's a man who, often he's thought of as being ar- very arrogant. Well, in my years of marriage to him, I've never once seen him being arrogant. He's shy and he's modest and he's, uh, he's very, very kind. Uh, I, I, this is the first time I've been on the North Shore publicly since I've been married and it's, it's really my very, very great pleasure to, to introduce to you a man who's, who's quite a beautiful guy.
3: Well, after such an endorsement, it's not surprising perhaps the prime minister has chosen to make women's rights his first major theme. What is a little surprising for many people, however, is that this very private man and this very private family have taken a public love fest and mutual admiration society to unheard of heights in Canadian politics. Just how far they will go in this path is yet to be seen. Brian Stewart, CBC News, with the prime minister in Vancouver.
0: The Trudeaus rented a nine-car train that was called the Trudeau Express and spent four days in the campaign whistle-stopping through the Maritimes in Quebec. Their son, Justin, remained at home, but Sasha was on the train with them. On the campaign, Margaret advised Trudeau to throw away his prepared speeches and talk to people from the inside. Trudeau took the advice and his speeches began to be called gentle and compassionate. At the time, Margaret was the youngest ever wife of a prime minister, and also the youngest woman at present married to any world leader. One person would remark, quote, She is so genuine you can't stand it, End quote. Critics of Trudeau stated she was being exploited for her appeal to gain votes, which was not far from the truth. Many referred to Trudeau as Pierre the Jolly Populist of 1974, compared to Pierre the Pious Autocrat of 1972. The Conservatives, who had done so well the previous election, stumbled almost immediately on the 1974 campaign trail. Stanfield stated that inflation should be halted with a wage and price freeze, which Trudeau mocked with the phrase, zap, you're frozen. This won him votes among many workers and new Democratic supporters who worried about wage controls. Of course, one year later, Trudeau would introduce his own wage and price control system, which would lead to the resignation of Finance Minister John Turner. Another issue for the Conservatives was that despite projections saying they would win a minority after the government fell, Stanfield could not name a single Tory policy for the upcoming election. Soon after, a photo op was bungled when a football was thrown to Stanfield, which he fumbled and dropped. The resulting photo caused ridicule across the country. Truth was, Stanfield had actually caught several passes before that, and those photos were taken, but the press chose to run the fumble instead. In fact, the media seemed to compete with each other to publish unflattering photos of Stanfield, who they saw as awkward. One photo showed him awkwardly wearing his trousers inside his cowboy boots. Another photo showed him with a liberal sticker on his back. We were flying from the east and we landed in uh,
4: North Bay to refuel on the Stanfield plane. And uh, a lot of us got out to exercise, just to stretch our legs, and uh, one of the uh, Stanfield's guys brought a football with him. And Stanfield was outside too, so... I wanted to throw it around. I like sports, so I talked to Stanfield. I said, sir, would you be uh, throwing the ball around? He said, I'm not sure I might. So uh, off we went throwing the ball. Then I looked over and I saw Stanfield take his jacket off. So I grabbed my uh, Nikon motor drive with the 200 millimeter lens and fired off a roll of 36 of him throwing the ball, catching the ball, fumbling the ball, all that stuff. And the morning I woke up. And sure enough, I see the Globe and Mail with a big picture of just the fumble of Stanfield, and they had slugged at a political fumble question mark. So I got on the bus, and I sat there quietly, and Charles Lynch from Southern News got on and sat in front of me and turned around and said, uh, Doug, did you take that picture of Stanfield with the football? <laughs> I said, yes, he said, Trudeau just won the election. And <laughs> when he said it, that meant something.
0: In surveys done during the election, it was found that 48% had a positive view of the personality of Trudeau, but only 33% had the same of Stanfield. When it came to leadership and the style for Stanfield, it was 2 and 16% compared to 12 and 36% for Trudeau. The Conservatives would bring out John Diefenbaker to speak at various spots around the country due to his appeal to small-town voters. It would prove to backfire when he stated in Prince Edward Island that he did not favor freezing wages until they catch up with prices. Diefenbaker would state, quote, In view of the fact prices are rising faster than wages, and month by month a gap is widening, wages should be allowed to rise on the same level as prices before a freeze of 60 to 90 days is brought in, The new Democratic Party was once again led by David Lewis, who stated that if there was a minority government, he would support Stanfield over Trudeau, which angered many new Democratic voters. Inflation was the key component of the election campaign, with many worrying about the cost of living outstripping wages as the economy stumbled. Days before the election, Trudeau would host a rally at Valley Stadium in Toronto, which was expected to be the biggest rally of the election campaign for him. Unfortunately, only half of the expected crowd showed up, far below a similar event in 1972 at Maple Leaf Gardens that brought in 18,000 people. A poll the day before the election by CBC found 34% of voters supported the Liberals, while 23% supported the Conservatives. On the July 8, 1974 election, the Liberals gained 32 seats, to finish with 141 and a majority government once again. The regressive Conservatives fared much worse, losing 11 and finishing with 95. The New Democratic Party lost 15 seats, including the seat of their leader, Lewis, to finish with 16, while the Social Credit Party fell by 4. The Progressive Conservatives once again carried the West, taking the majority of seats in British Columbia, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, and all of the seats in Alberta once again. In Ontario, the party collapsed, winning only 25 seats to the 55 won by the Liberals. In Quebec, the Liberals once again dominated with 60 seats, while the Conservatives finished with 3.
1: Later in the evening, as the returns from the West Coast confirmed his victory, Prime Minister Trudeau finally made his way into the ballroom of the Chateau Laurier in Ottawa. Reporters were quick to note he refused to answer questions, but if they expected arrogance, they were
2: disappointed. Mr. Trudeau's speech was a model of courtesy and tact. I think I would only add in closing that there's still much to do in Canada. We have talked... During the election about our policies and our programs, I want to make it perfectly clear that they will apply without any any sort of favoritism to every part of Canada. I am sorry that we have not more members from particularly the prairie provinces. I just want to renew my pledge that I made at the time of the Western Economic Opportunities Conference that uh, we will do our best to make sure our policies apply with fairness to them and uh, particularly the aspects of our policies which I tried to spell out then and now we will make sure that if we can succeed uh, we will show to the parts of Canada that we are not strongest not not as strong as we would like that we intend to be a government for all Canadians we uh, We have, I hope, a few years of parliamentary stability before us. We have the people, we have the resources, we have the vitality and the confidence to do a very great job in a world where there have been many problems and there will be more problems, but in a world where Canada has come out of this election strong, confident in its future. I just want to say that I'm very anxious to get on with the job, and uh, I'm sure Margaret and, and, and the children will be glad that this election period is over. I want to thank you, Margaret, for your great help.
0: Stanfield would state, quote, naturally I'm disappointed, but that's what politics is all about, end quote. By this point Stanfield had been in politics since the 1940s and after three election losses in a row he was feeling his age in politics. When asked if he would stay on he would say quote I think if I were 10 years younger it would be different End quote. Stanfield would stay in the House of Commons until 1979 and as leader of the Conservatives until 1976 when he was replaced by a young and dynamic new leader named Joe Clark. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at the 1972 and 1974 elections. Tomorrow, we're looking at the 1979 and 1980 elections. And I'm doing this every day, 36 days straight, making podcast episodes about every election in Canadian history. We've done quite a few so far. So if you really do like it, please leave a rating and review, share it on social media, anything you can. I truly appreciate it. If you like, you can email me at craig@canadaehx.com. At You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Again, if you like, you can support the podcast through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com Canada CanadaEHX. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. And I'd like to say thank you to all of my wonderful patrons. And if I mispronounce any names, I do apologize. Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romain, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke Guess, JP Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Biography, Dynasties and Interludes, Wikipedia, McLean's, Ottawa Citizen, and the National Post. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.